Welcome back to the Blues Hockey Podcast. Your host, Jason, along with Chris. No. So we are uh, back after the Blues. Had kind of a, uh, eh, let's say, extended uh, streak of not playing great or sucking pretty much. Yeah, I, uh, that's accurate. So they lost uh, basically winless in five uh, mm-hmm. after, and then uh, not playing really great hockey in any of those games, but they come back and play a couple of really good games. So we got to go over the, we're going to go over the two San Jose games. Uh, we'll go into those in detail. We'll talk about, guess what? Another injury. Oof. Another bad injury, unfortunately, too. Of, yeah. of, uh, I say one of the key uh, cogs in the Blues that line up. So Agreed. you get some guys back. Well, we have some news about the guys coming back. Breaking news as we're recording this about mm, a couple hours before the Blues take on the Golden Knights on the 23rd. So uh, we got a couple of breaking uh, returns to the lineup. And then we also have to talk about our little extra segment we're doing this week is going to be over Blues prospects. We'll do a little highlight uh, over a certain prospect, uh, Colt Nellis, who is uh, doing some really awesome things over up in the queue. So uh, it's gotten a lot of Blues fans excited, which we'll, we'll talk about that. So we got that, that news. We have uh, the prospect news. We have the games. We have Blues injury news returns a contract signing that Armstrong's gotten out of the way before the uh, off season even starts a huge contract I signing. Smart. I agree. We have, we'll talk about that and we'll also announce our contest winner for our koozie. So we kind of announced this over all the social medias last week or so. We have some koozies that we have made by uh, our friends over at the Fisher's pro sports in Florissant. So make sure you go check them out. So thanks to Mike over there at Fisher's. So, uh, what do you want to do first? You want to do the games or the contract news? Uh, let's get the contract out of the way. Why not? I say let's do all our Blues news first because we got some uppers and some downers. So let's go with the uppers first. True. So the first upper is kind of a contract out of nowhere. I was just checking Twitter uh, last week, and then all of a sudden, there is a uh, news that all oh, the Blues and Jordan Bennington are working on a contract, which were like great. And then literally 15 minutes later, the Blues announced a deal has been made. So the Blues have now signed their Stanley Cup winning goaltender, Jordan Bennington, to a six-year, $36 million deal. Uh, he has a no-trade clause uh, through the whole thing. Uh, the contract uh, varies in price. It starts really low, and in the middle it gets to about seven and a half, and then the last couple of years it gets back down to the five, uh, five. So basically I think it's four, six, seven and a half, seven and a half, and then five and five. So it kind of like goes down over time that's fine so, so that's usually what happens like it usually peaks in the middle just so it makes it like hard i say mm-hmm. hard to trade but just you know it's like you make more money than what your cap hit is so not right. many teams will take on that type of deal unless you're like a toronto basically type of team or, or a team a who just needs to spin to the floor well they're trying to spend to the floor but they're trying for the cap hit in low dollars so they don't have to pay right. much so they're trying to basically just get to the cap so uh but biddington gets his contract which to me, is kind of like an amazing thing. You th- a guy that I think it's a very, I think it's a great story at the end of the day. No matter how you think about the guy, we obviously mm-hmm. this year he's had his, uh, you know, had that little dust up with the San Jose Sharks. You know, he's obviously been a fi- like a fiery guy or whatever. But total, you know, when the contract was signed, he was 63, 24, and 11 with a 2.38 goals against, a 9.15 save percentage, and eight shutouts across over 100 games, 102 games. Obviously, his it's first pretty game. All right. I mean, and one Stanley Cup. And yeah, and that's the big one I was going to add on that. A guy who third in the Con Smythe, uh, uh, second, excuse me, second in the Con Smythe voting that year, too. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't for O'Reilly but kind of turning it on the last second four or games. third in Calder as well. Yeah, he was third in the Calder. So, I mean, a guy who had a great season. I think last year, I think he had a really good season. This I year, I think it's been last year. Yeah, Before I think last year. COVID, he was brilliant. Afterwards, the whole team was shaky. Yeah, but he had a great year. I mean, they were first in the West. What what could you possibly be upset with? Yeah, with that had, performance. Yeah, over thirty wins last year. So, um, yeah. So, the thing that like I thought was interesting that the amount of why well, I, I, along with our uh, friend over at. Uh, Let's go blues radio. Jeff Ponder thought that it was an amazing deal. I think you got, I think it's a brilliant deal. Yeah. So before we get in, I'll let's get your thoughts on it and we'll get into everybody. The thoughts I saw a lot of people were like, Oh, great. Now you're going to block our up and coming goal is with Jordan Bennington. I mean, you're talking to a guy. 
I mean, like, it's, like, I mean, you finally get a the Blues for years. How long have we been? I mean, and it's not a shot at Jake Allen. Has always been the missing piece. It's not always. Jake. A shot at Jake Allen, who was okay. Let's be honest. As a starter, it was Look, okay. I, a very good platoon goalie. Okay. I thought Jake Allen guy. was going to be the guy. I, I really did. I, you know, I saw what he did with Team Canada the the couple of years before he came up. I legitimately thought Jake Allen would be the guy to bring a cup to St. Louis. Um, but I mean, it's you know, go down the line. I mean, since I was a kid, when I first started following the Blues, um, Vince Riendo was the goalie. Mm-hmm. You go from him to Cujo, you know, and then after Cujo, it just seemed like it was. You had fewer for a while. Yeah, you had fewer. And then when the Blues were bad. I'm sorry, yeah, Grant Fear. Then after they came, after the Keenan years, and they, and then you know, they had Brett Johnson, who was yeah. okay. I mean, but I think you're sorry. He was surrounded by a good team. I think he kind of had, and, we had, and believe it or not, I was ready to say he had the Chris Osgood syndrome. We had Chris Osgood. We had Osgood. Did we, we had Legacy? Legacy for a while during the, the shaky uh, uh, years. Leem. <laughs> yeah, Leem. Believe it, Tom Barrasso was a goalie for a while. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, right, hey, I, have a, I have a list of some goalies here. Reinhard Divas. You remember, you remember yeah. that name? Yeah. Uh, you also had, as I said, Patrick Leem on there. You had Tom Barrasso. Uh, excuse me. Uh, you had Chris Mason, who was the guy yep. for a while. Here's the thing with the Blues: as you go down this list, the Blues have never been afraid to spend money to get the goalie that they think will will settle the ship. Yeah. They've spent a lot of money on very big name goalies, mm-hmm. and it's just never worked out. Remember Martin Brodeur, Brian Elliott. I mean, obviously Brodeur was at the end of his career. We know that was kind of like I think a fill-in the, type. The thing. biggest example is is Ryan Miller. Yeah, and Ryan Miller was no one traded at the end when you're looking to get a guy that was. Yeah, I mean, everybody in the league, everybody in the league, all the talking heads at ESPN and NHL Network and and TSN up in Canada, like everyone said when that deal was made, that deal brings the St. Louis Blues to Stanley Cup. And it didn't get him out of the first round. Yeah. And then he left um, and the next year. He left and went to Vancouver. So, yeah. I mean, so he, so, so I mean you know. if you're a blues fan and you're bitching about signing, signing Bennington to a six year deal at, at an average of 6 million a year, like what do you want? What who do you a, want? Who is a solid goaltender who yeah. has Last year, I think, carried the load. This year is obviously carried. Obviously, this year is – the last two years have been so weird. But, I mean, up until the pause, Bennington was doing great. Yes. Like, I think I think he – it's nice to have a kind of like a solid backup. I think this helps. I think it helps him out as well, knowing that he can, mm. you know, take – if he had to take a game or two where he was off, like where, you know, like if they had back-to-back games. This year is very odd with the scheduling. You get a lot of back-to-back games Correct. and very condensed schedule. But if you had somebody like – and they had to trade Jake Allen. They had to fit under the cap, so they had to oh, get that sure. deal out, for unfortunately. Sure. But the guy like Jake Allen, you see when he's done up in Montreal, like where he's almost supplanted like Carey Price, who, who struggled this year, having mm-hmm. somebody who is a super backup. And that's kind of what Jake Allen had turned into, which is there's nothing wrong with having a career like that. Nope. He obviously got an extension up there in Montreal already. So they really like him up there, and they want him to be around, and Carey Price likes him. But anyway... Jordan Bennington, you finally have the guy, and you're worried about a 20 – mind you, it's a 27-year-old starting goal – Stanley Cup winning goaltender. The for six years, so 33, almost 34. So maybe at the end of, it, maybe, end of that, maybe maybe he's starting to slip by then, 33, 34. Right. By then you have – they have Hoffer, and, and we'll talk about Colton Ellis. You have guys like that. They're not going to be able to step in this year or next year and take over a 40, 50-game chunk. Plain no. and simple. Like you're no. gonna have to develop these guys and look. I mean, and look at Bennington. That blues and that's the thing about hype. This guy was never on the radar. Never. No one. When he was a signing, he's the guy we breeze by when we talked about signings in the offseason. We're like, oh yeah, they signed a bunch of guys, Bennington, this guy, Ty Ratty, blah, blah, whatever. When we were talking about it back then. Yep. That's it. We blew by it, and that was it. And this guy busted his ass. Got it, yeah. you know, by happenstance, pretty much got a chance. Well, I think that he and then last ran with it. That he's not a flash. He's not a flash in the pan. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this year he's good. he's still good, uh, but like you said, the way the the schedule lays out this year and everything about it, like 
it, it's it's hard to judge anyone on, on on this year when it comes to their body work just because it, it's so condensed and and there's so many back to backs. Um, I just don't understand anyone who's a fan of this team who could hate this deal. I I I legitimately yeah. don't. It would be like complaining that you re-signed um Let's say Robert Thomas. Yeah, Robert Thomas to a six-year deal. Like, what would you be upset about? Like, what have you seen from him that makes you upset that we locked up Jordan Bennington for six years? So, but the main point is we finally have stability, stability. goaltending. So you're going to have a guy yeah. that you know who the goaltender is going to be year in and year out for yes. quite some time now. Yes. You know, let's say let's say even if he starts to slip year five and six. Let's just say that happens. Let's just say that I'll I'll let's say like that he starts to see some slippage. Let's just say that happens there. Then let's say there's a guy like Hoffer Ellis that are getting that are pretty good by then. That's year five and they'll be in their early twenties. Then great. They can help carry the carry the load. Then they split the load till Bennington's contract's over and then Bennington goes by the wayside. Okay. Then that's what happens. I mean, it happens to every player nowadays. Yeah. Some players, some players can play to their you have a Nicholas Nick Lidstrom who can play into his forties. You have a you know Patrick Marlowe who's still playing, maybe not as effective as he once was, but he's still playing. And you have guys who falling off real quickly, aka David Backus, who just I mean, look at Martin Brodeur. Yeah, look at Patrick Waugh. Guys who were still not bad, but not the player they once were. So I think it's a good deal. I think you finally have a you have a franchise goalie that's locked up, a guy with on top of that. Well, has personality too. Like has some yeah. something that a a guy like other teams can hate, other people love or hate, you know, type of thing. Where yeah. obviously <laughs> with the whole San Jose thing, a couple you know, a couple weeks ago we talked about had the dust up there. He's had other dust ups in the past. Where my last year, remember we went after Kyle Clifford last year when he's on the Kings. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously he's had different things where he's you know a different guy, and I think he's very well spoken. And I think it's, I think at the end of the day, you got the, I think almost as perfect of a guy as you can, a guy who brought you a Stanley cup. It's not like you're getting an unknown commodity for $6 million too. You're literally getting a guy who you can say what you want. I saw some people compare him to like Cam Ward. It's like, fine. Cam Ward won a Stanley cup. Then all the other blues goalies that you have had here, never brought them a cup. I don't care what you want to say. Like as much as you want to say, Curtis Joseph, like never won a cup here, never won a cup in general. So I like the guy. I like Curtis Joseph a lot, actually, but just it is what it is. So, yeah. no, I, I look, I agree. And that's why I brought up that list. And I said, you know, it, it, the list of Blues goalies is a who's who of goalies. Like the Blues have never really had schlubs in net, they just haven't been able to get the right guy at the right time to get them over the hump. And you know, uh, Curtis Sanford. I, that was the one I was coming to come up with. Curtis Sanford. Thank you. Uh, which is why I, I always found it ironic that as much money as the Blues would dump into that position to get, you know, either the prize free agent, like when they went out and got Yara Halak after uh, his breakout performance mm-hmm. in Montreal, you know, on down the line, you know, like you mentioned, Chris Mason, and he was highly touted when we got him. And, the Blues have spent money in goaltending, and the guy who finally wins them the cup is a fourth-string backup in the minors who got called up because literally everyone else was hurt. Yeah, because Huso would have been last year, but he didn't. But he was hurt at the time, so they had to lean on Bennington. And the Blues are playing so bad, they pretty much were just like, "Let's give the kid what a up? start and see what happens." And he had a shutout, and they ran with it from there. And that's you know, a little obviously history from there on, on out. So a good deal. You got your franchise goal. You got them locked up. It's one piece of the puzzle you have in place now for the off season. Mm-hmm. And you can figure out what contracts, who you can give contracts to in the off season. Obviously you have a lot of RFAs after this. Um, Bozak is up. Do you give him another contract? Um, he's out again. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, uh, there's not a concussion this time. He did confirm it was a concussion, which we're going to get into our injury news now. So Bozak was back for one game against the Sharks and then out the next game. Uh, upper body injury is what has been reported. Nothing outside of that has been reported. I heard it, you know, I think I read shoulder, but I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see. But upper body is all as much as we got. 
So Bozak in and back out. Uh, the big injury, which we kind of alluded to in the beginning, is uh, uh, own, our own players collided. So during these San Jose games, uh, during the first game, Oscar Sunquist and Kyle Clifford just collide, and Clifford just took Sunquist out by complete accident. Uh, nothing could really do about that, and just his knee just not supposed to go that way when he got no. taken out. Nope. Uh, as soon as he went down, he was laying straight down. I'm like, maybe he just hit his head or something. I'm like, nope. He laying on his saw his. Uh, nope. He did not, and he couldn't. As soon as he got up, he had no weight on his left knee. And pretty much the next day, the MRI confirmed it all, a torn ACL, mm. and Oscar Sundquist is out for the rest of the year. So Baby Giraffe is gone. He is. And, you know, again, something we, we talked about when we teased this at the start of the show is that he is really kind of the glue that holds that, that third or fourth line together, whichever they put him on. He's such a great grinder. And he does all of the small things that you want in the player on one of those lines. And he puts them in the net every once in a while. You know, I, I have a, a friend of mine, Rick, who's been on the show, was on the show last year, who's a, a huge Pittsburgh fan. And he came over from Pittsburgh in, the, in a trade. And, you know, we jokingly made the comment that uh, who knew Oscar Sundquist would be this type of player? Because really he was – a forgotten commodity on those Pittsburgh Penguin teams. And he's really kind of blossomed into a great utility player here in St. Louis. And I think one of those guys that, um, you know, he's never going to get your all-star balloting vote. He's not flashy. He's not overly fast or overly any one thing, but he's just a solid player. And he's one of those guys that wherever you put him in the lineup, be it first line all the way down to the fourth line, he can skate and hold his own with whoever he's on the ice with. Yeah. So he's one of those guys that can go up and down the lineup. And that's the, like we talked about the versatility factor of him. Like do you want him on your first line for a long time. Maybe not, but can you do it in a pinch and still be effective? Absolutely. He's one of those guys to me where sometimes it didn't work out his way, but the guy, every time he was, had a shift, he would give it his all. Yes. He'd block shots. He would hit a guy. He'd be going skating hard as he could, trying his hardest. He might not get the puck from the guy, or he might, you know, make a bad play, or something might happen. But he would try his hardest every shift. And there's a really good article today, uh, Jeremy Rutherford, the Athletic, put out, where he talked about Alexander Steen, talked about Sunquist, and they talked about you know how important he is to the Blues and he, how much he gives you, uh, you know, in the dressing room, on the ice, and whatever. So it's a really good article. Check that out. Um, but He'll be reevaluated in the during a training camp for next season, whenever that is. So hopefully, if it's normal, that'll be in September, October, well September of neck of this year. So that'll be six months away. Torn ACL. Hopefully, he'll rehab. Probably with ACLs, they always you know give it a couple of days before they do surgery because they let the swelling go down. So mm-hmm. he'll probably have surgery within the next probably week or so, and then he will be. Uh, have surgery. So anyway, one more injury to talk about um, that kind of out of nowhere. Well, also again, which we didn't see this happen at all. It just was reported. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern was placed on injury reserve back on the 14th. It looks like a shoulder from what we can tell uh, only has a goal, one goal this year. So, but like I said, a, a guy on the fourth line that will go out and hit, do a good job. Um, luckily, a guy who has surprised me, which uh, we will talk about this a little bit now, Dakota Joshua, who a guy we didn't really think that would have anything to do with this team ever. I thought he was a career minor leaguer and comes up and hasn't looked out of place, uh, has a fight, has a goal and a fight so far in his uh, NHL short NHL career, almost up to 10 games now. He looks like he might be in tonight. Uh, we'll talk about he might be taken out for another player, but we'll talk about that in a second. So, uh, what are your thoughts on like what you see out of Joshua so far? I think he's good. You know, there's obviously the potential there. He's I, I don't think he's full time NHL ready, but I, I think that you see the uh, the good bones of a uh, a potential. You know, do I think he's going to be a top six guy? Not right now, 
but I think he could be a top nine. I think he could, he has the ability to be a third line guy maybe next year, or the year after. Yeah. Um, I would say, yeah, know, I, I, think, I, I, I say he doesn't enough to be a definite fourth liner guy and then a guy who's like your extra guy filling on the fourth line. Yeah. You know, here's my, my problem with throwing him on the fourth line is I, I get that everyone wants to be in, you know, the NHL, but, you know, I, I think that much like remember the first year that Robert Thomas was up here and he was on the third line, sometimes fourth lines and, and back even, you know, Jordan Cairo and, uh, and those type guys is I think that he's got the skill to be a little bit more offensive than we've seen. You know, he's got the one goal that was right place, right time, and it bounced off his leg but he has shown flashes of uh, a very high offensive awareness. And I think if we can get him into it at bare minimum, a third line role where he can play with some skilled players and not just grinders. And that's no offense to the guys on the fourth line. uh, I think that would serve him better. And I think that if he's not going to make your top nine, he would be better off going to wherever the hell the blues minor league team is going to be in the next three to four years we seem to change minor league teams yeah, quite a bit. should hopefully be in springfield but we'll see if that holds up right now it's in utica currently right. so i uh, kind of alluded to it very lightly there so we talked about a possible return so two returns technically one zach sanford well he was on the covid list for the second san jose game mm-hmm. uh was left in san jose uh had two then he said he had two he has a false positive just like sammy blay had um we talked about last podcast yep so Sanford is back in the lineup this game. He said um, he did let it not, not let it slip, but just let everybody know he had COVID already in December. So before the season even started, he already had it. Didn't say yeah. any symptom wise what he had, but he said he had it. So that's kind of a, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah, that I haven't heard many players say they've had it so far. At least Blues wise, we know that it went around right before the bubble the started bubble. last year. So we don't mm-hmm. know who that was exactly, but Sanford said he had it in December. So he's back in the lineup and now a game time decision, but it looking more lightly likely is Robert Thomas. who looks like he's coming That'd back from, a, from a broken, uh, broken uh, wrist or thumb, excuse me. And it says he's a game time decision right before we uh, got on the, got on the mics here, cracked the mics. The uh, it was put out that the blues have taken Robert Thomas off of injured reserve. Great. And onto the active roster, meaning I think he'll be in. He practiced on, he rotated in on the third line and also on the second power play unit today during practice. Been practicing with the Blues for over a week now. Uh, I think there's a good chance you'll see him tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights, who are still without Alexander Petrangelo, who looks like he has a broken wrist. So he is out for a while. But so the Blues have a, you know, it's, it sucks to lose a guy like Oscar Sunquist, but if you get a guy like Robert Thomas back, that helps kind of soften the blow a little bit. Yeah. So having Robert Thomas back, I think it's going to be huge for the Blues this year. Um, hopefully he can get back up to speed and be ready for the playoffs. You know, right now the Blues are in fourth place. I think that's uh, admirable considering how many injuries they've gone through this year. Um, you can say suspect backup goaltending, even suspect goaltending in general, and they're doing pretty good. So we'll talk about that. Uh, let's get to the games real quick. So we have two games we're going to go over because uh, we're not going to get into every single one here. The Blues' first game was postponed that we yes. talked about. The L.A. game, the first L.A. game, uh, L.A. got stuck in apparently in Colorado uh, that Sunday night. There was up in some places in Colorado up to 50 inches of snow, which is crazy to think about. <laughs> considering. Considering it's uh, today in St. Louis, it was in what mid 60s or so. Pretty nice out. So they had it. So the Blues had a nice little break there. They had like three or four games. So I'm like, great. On the next game, they're going to come out firing against uh, LA. So they're gonna, the LA game is going to be rescheduled down the line. So this gives the Blues a little bit extra time to uh, uh, play here. And they fall flat on their face and get. <laughs> Absolutely, like they didn't, like, they just didn't look ready to go the whole game. Like they just looked out of it from the start. They are, lose four to one here. Nothing really to note. We're not even going to get into it because it just they look that bad. So we're going to say 
they looked really bad. And that's literally what we'll say every period of that game. Like, that first period of hockey in particular was bad. They might just, be the worst period of hockey I've ever seen the St. Louis Blues play in my life. Yeah, it looks like uh, supposedly the Blues defenseman had a meeting with uh, Mike Van Ryan and Craig Brube, had a come-to-Jesus meeting about like, hey, we need to start playing better defense, locking things down and clearing the front of the net. So we're hoping that can that starts because that really hasn't been a thing this year. Uh, I know we've kind of, you know, Vince Dunn has been kind of like the whipping boy pretty much since he's been on the trade block. Uh, I think he's been kind of like the Blues number one kind of like between I think him and Sanford, the two that everybody hates right now. I think they've taken the Patrick Berglund uh, place for favorite whipping boy. So true, true, oh, yeah. But anyway, so they get to go play the San Jose Sharks, and they've had. Decent uh, play against the Sharks this year, so I wondered how they're going to do. So they get to play this first game in San Jose, and I want to say they probably played in the first period was probably one of the best periods they played without getting a goal. I thought they like yeah. looked really well. They they were locking things down. Not many shots on goal, under ten shots on goal through a, about halfway through the second, and then unfortunately, um, and we, I just brought him up. Excuse me. Uh, Vince Dunn. I blues just had to get off of a power play, and Ryan Donato goes the other way with Sorensen. Sorensen drops it to Donato, and Vince Dunn continues to back up to where he's almost parallel with Jordan Bennington. And he let almost any NHL player from about 10, 15 feet out with nobody in front of him. There's a decent chance they're going to score. Mm hmm. And that's what Ryan Donato does. His fourth of the year from Sorensen and Hurdle at the 1508 mark of the second period. Um, I thought the Blues had a lot of pressure and they're doing very well. Like, I know that's their game plans the cycle, get in deep, move around. But what did you think about their play during most of, let's see, going into the third period? What do you think about their play so far? They're doing a lot of cycling. See if they're getting pressure not letting too much come the other way but not really generating much as of like offensive pressure yeah you and i talked about this i think starting with the la games over the weekend it seems like the blues have settled back into this this odd offensive strategy where it's Cycle the puck, cycle the puck, pass around the outside, cycle the puck, reverse, go the other way, cycle the puck, cycle the puck. And no one ever really tries to get on the inside. Everyone, you know, is just situated around the umbrella, as it were. Um, and there's never, you know, there'll be maybe a shot, but it's an outside shot that might get deflected or goes high or whatever. Um, and that's not really making it too hard for the opposition to keep you off the scoreboard. The other thing is it seems like specifically on the power play, the only offensive plan is someone get the puck to David Perron. And then do the Ovechkin shot, basically. Yeah, that seems to be the only offensive play on a power play that has... Mike Hoffman, Tori Krug, Vladimir Tarasenko, Ryan O'Reilly, and David Perron. Yeah, and, and they really never really kind of use the Hoffman like shot where it's the opposite no. way, where they go the opposite way and have him for the one-timer because he's had, I would say, a, a good, like at least three or four goals off the top of my head, like and definitely at least one or two game winners. There's one where uh, Braden Shen tied the game late against San Jose where Hoffman had that shot where it kind of snuck through I think it was Dubnik's arm, and then it was just laying there, and Braden Shen just tapped it in. So, I mean, you, you have, like, obviously a guy with a really hard shot who can score goals. On the other side, it just seems like it's weird that they want to keep going. Like, And it's obvious, too. It's not like you can be sitting here watching the game, and it's like they're just going to work it to Perron, and Perron's going to shoot it. Yeah. And it's not because I'm not saying Perron is, like, even a bad shot or a bad player. It's just they, it's so, like, calculated. It's so predictable. That, yeah, it's right that the play, that it's easily blocked or they have to, like, stop and he cycles it back around and then they keep trying to do it instead of going down low or doing something right. else, you know? It's just – yeah, it just – it kind of sucks. And then it just 
I wish they would kind of deviate from that. Uh, it seems like last year I, I was not really thinking they would really the Mark Savard like power play. I'd be really wanting that back, but damn, at least it was like third in the league last year. Like right now we're in the low twenties, you know, we're not even yeah. that great at it. So maybe they'll uh, change things up eventually. I don't know. So, but coincidentally they get a shorthanded goal here. So Bozak who is back for his first game uh, since back since his concussion uh, gets the goal from Kyle Clifford. Clifford basically gets a wraparound, throws it in front and it just hits off of Bozak's uh, shin pad his knee and goes uh, past Martin Jones, who's having a really good game. He's played really well the last couple of games against the Blues, and that's surprising because <laughs> it's just Martin yeah. Jones, uh, you know? Martin Jones. So, anyway, so Ty Bozak is first from Clifford. At the 6.22 mark of the third period, a shorthanded goal, and the Blues managed to at least get the tie so that nothing really happens in overtime, and the Blues go to shootout. So, first off, David Perron save Ryan Donato missed the net Braden Shen with a nice goal just over uh Martin Jones glove Logan yep. Couture goes a uh, blocker side on Jordan Bennington for the goal and then Vladimir Tarasenko outweights uh, uh Martin Jones after a nice move and able to get the goal barely off his blocker and in and then Kevin LeBanc uh goal or excuse me is saved by Jordan Bennington, who had a really good save, by the way, had a uh, basically sprawled out save and got it with his left pad, his left kind of toe, basically enough the enough that it didn't go in. And that's all that matters. And the Blues managed to get two of three in the shootout and take it two to one in the shootout. Um, we'll take that after a game. The Blues needed that. They fought really hard. I thought they really did. And uh, it's nice to see. I think it's also a confidence booster when you fight that hard. You're able to get and you're able to get the win that's a confidence booster for not only and also your goaltender who Jordan Benson really has had under three goals in quite some time so it's nice to see that he uh, had a really solid game and the defense is really solid so one more game against San Jose before the Blues get to head on to Vegas and then get close to wrap up this road trip and when they go to Minnesota so early on Dylan Gambrell gets a second from Burns and Donato at the 223 mark. So it doesn't start that great. And let me, and if this hadn't heard this before, it was on, on the first shot. It was on the second shot, but supposedly the third shot of the game, Billy Huso lets in a goal. I mean, you know, at least it wasn't the first or second. We're getting better. So he's had three games where he let a goal on the first shot, two where, or excuse me, one where he's let in on the second shot and then another two on the third shot. So it's just kind of crazy on like, and the thing is he settled in and looked good after that. It's so weird, man. He's like, I have to let the one goal in. And after that, I'm good. Yeah. You know, is it a preparedness thing? Is it? I don't know like, what like, it is. It's very I, odd. I think, I think part of it right now is in his head. I'm sure he knows he's letting in early goals and you know, it, it's, it's partially mental. Like, Oh God, don't do it. Don't do it. Oh shit. I did it again. Um, there are times, and you and I have talked about this just in texting. There are times where Billy Huso looks fantastic. And then there are times where he looks like he shouldn't be the starting goalie on a high school hockey. Yeah, he looks kind of early. I say very early, like Jake Allen, where Jake Allen would make like the most, the hardest save in the world and look amazing. And then it'd be yep. a simple shot that he just misses and goes in. Yes. I think that I I have not written off Billy Huso. Oh no, not by any means. Time, I I'm not hundred percent sure that he is NHL ready. I can agree with that. I I one of the things where it's like almost you want to say he needs more seasoning in the AHL, but he just got injured last year and the year before, and it's just with the Blues. And part of me wants to blame how the everything in the AHL went for the Blues the last three years. Sure, he really hasn't had consistent. And obviously with everything going on for the pandemic too, I think between those three things, it literally has thrown him off so bad where he looked, he was starting to look like great. And I'm like, great, this guy's going to come up and be the next goalie, obviously before the whole Bennington stuff happened. And then he got hurt. And so Bennington rose up and part of me like thinks, is it a confidence issue now where Bennington is, you know, when they were goalies down in um, the AHL, it was Huso the starter and Bennington the backup. That year when he when he they were down in um 
Where are they last in Texas? San Antonio. Yeah. They're down in San Antonio. Like that was how the setup was. And then it wound up being, I don't know. So it's very interesting on in how things have turned out for Billy Huso. Like why you said, like you said, I'm not ready to write him off, but for some reason, if let's just say the Kraken decide to take him, like I won't be as devastated as I was two years ago. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I, uh, I think that, you know, there's potential there. But I just, you know, I also think that he's been put into a situation where he's playing much more than he normally would as a true rookie backup mm-hmm. just because of the amount of back-to-backs. Yeah, that's um, also true. But, you know, I can't really add much more than you have. I, I, I hope that they stick with him. I think that there's potential for him to be a good goalie. If we lose him in the expansion draft or we deal him in the offseason, I won't be terribly heartbroken. But um, the people who just hate on him right now, I understand why you're upset, but I, I, I don't think it's quite as bad as people think. Yeah, so hopefully he uh... – you know, like I said, hopefully this he gets like evens everything out. Like it's like starts making the saves and maybe getting. He's had a lot of wins so far. He has six wins. I mean, he. I mean, it's for as bad, quote unquote, bad as he's played, he has six road wins. That's really good. So I mean, can't really. You know, he's he's getting the wins at least. Maybe not the stat wise aren't there. He's below nine, uh, ninety save percentage, which isn't great in this in this day and age. But he's right. getting wins right now. So I guess that's the only thing that counts at the end of the day. So we'll see uh, if he continues to be the Blues backup for years to come. Correct. So Vince Dunn, much talked about, gets his fourth goal of the year from Jordan Cairo and Ryan O'Reilly about a minute after uh, Dylan Gambrell's goal. So at the 332 mark, he ties the game up, uh, and the Blues pull actually get the lead for once. So Jordan Cairo gets his ninth of the year from O'Reilly and Perron. So really nice play by O'Reilly from behind the net. And feeds it to Kairou, who easily puts it between the legs of Devin Dubnik for his uh, ninth of the year. So nice to see Kairou kind of get back. And it seems like he's, with all the line shuffling, has been kind of lost lately. So -hmm. hopefully he can get his legs back. And, uh, you know, this is a nice little confidence booster for him. So unfortunately, the Blues, uh, uh, excuse me, can't hold the lead. And uh, Tomas Hurdle gets his eighth of the year from Meyer and – Knetsov, I guess we'll say that's the name at the 810 mark. This was a pretty much a blown coverage play by Vladimir Tarasenko. Yep. So the Blues are coming back and Dunn is getting his guy. Bortuzzo's on the excuse me, Falk is on one side, and I believe it's Krug on the other side. And instead of going towards the middle, he goes to get the same guy as Tori Krug. And that's when uh, Timo Meyer just feeds it right across to Tomas Hurl, who literally has the whole open ice in front of him. And I really can't fault Huso for it's like basically a breakaway at that point. And a really quick shot, Pearl gets his eighth and tied two, two. So much and the history where controversy kind of hits for this game. I'll get your opinion on this. So there's a face-off draw in the blues end. And first off, uh, Timo Meyer is in, he uh, gets kicked out of the draw. Then, Patrick Marlowe was in and he gets kicked out of the draw. And as you know, the new rule is if you have two players get kicked out of the draw, the two minute face off violation penalty yeah, um, served by whoever is on the ice. So, and just less than 10 seconds in Ryan O'Reilly gets his 10th of the year from Dunn and Perron on the ensuing power play and the blues take the lead at the 422 mark. Um, Luckily, the Blues a little uh, shaky the rest of this period, but luckily Jordan Cairo gets his 10th, his second of the game from Krug and Perron. So nice to see him have a three-point night here. Uh, and the Blues seal it on David Perron's empty net goal. Excuse me, fan favorite David Perron, his 12th of the year from Schwartz and O'Reilly. So O'Reilly having a four-point night. Um, it's and, nice Perron. To, and Perron having a four-point night. And, Krug, and Cairo having a three-point night. So it's nice to see all those guys and Dunn having a two-point night. So it's nice to see uh, those a lot of those guys kind of like contribute and the Blues kind of break out of this low-scoring slump and get five. Uh, a lot of 
the Sharks were not happy about this and said it was Devin Dubnik's exact words where it's Mickey Mouse type stuff. And uh, my 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 quote retreat back to that was two words: hand pass. Yeah, I mean, look, you're right. You're 100 right. The rules are the rules, and you know, even even Darren Pang and and uh, John Kelly were kind of shocked that this call was made, especially on a veteran like Marlowe. Yeah, Pang was shocked. Pang was said that even Pang's, you know, and as much as we know, Pang's a homer. He yeah. even said it was very ticky tacky. He, he thought it was very not not didn't need to be called. Basically, you know, I would wager that face-off infractions in the NFL or in the NHL are very much like holding in the NFL. If you really wanted to, you could call a penalty every time. Um, do I think that it was a bad call? No, because you watch the replay and, and both infractions were legit. If I'm a Sharks fan, am I upset that that ends up being the penalty that decides the game late in the third? Yeah, I am. But, you know, it's it, – yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a rule infraction. And is it kind of crap that it was called? Maybe. But it's not like – it wasn't a blown call like the hand pass. The hand pass was a blown call. It was an infraction that didn't get called that led to an overtime winning goal in the conference finals of a Stanley Cup playoff game. So, you know, I I get San Jose saying, oh, it's, you know, it's a Mickey Mouse call, but hey, man, that's sports and it's going to happen. You know, there's going to be questionable calls in every game. Um, you got to play and you have to play the way the game rolls. And in this case scenario, it's not like that, not like the hand pass where the call directly led to a goal or directly allowed a goal. You still could have stopped the blues power play and you didn't. So I, yeah, you still had almost 15 minutes left in the game at this time. Like I'd use the example hand pass. Cause like when it was over, that was, that was we had, that was on. It was two to one, and that was the end. Of the, that was two to one. Sharks in the series, then, and the Blues literally yeah. turned it on and beat the bejesus out of them for three straight games. After that, yes, they did. And outscored yeah. them. I think twelve to two. I think the final tally was or something like that. So, I mean, they overcame it, which is great, and obviously part of the whole Blues story that year. But uh, like you said, also the rules are rules. I look back on it, and it sucks. It still pisses me off about the hand pass, but like, there's no rule at the time. There's no way to overturn it. And like now they have review every goal. There was no review for that goal because there's no certain play that allowed for mm-hmm. review. So that's why then the rules got changed because of that, that rule. They every time they found something happened that could upset like the how the game was played, they've you know changed it up. And that's what happened. Oh, so never forget Braden Shen losing his mind right in front of you. that game with me? No, I was not. I think it was Jimmy was at that game with you. I, I will never forget Braden Shen losing his mind right in front of us and us not like like following the refs down the ice yelling at him because the refs left the ice right by where my seats were that year. And yeah. then when they left the ice, he lost his mind and broke his stick on the glass. Yeah. Um, yeah I remember Bennington was down. And, and, I don't think Bennington slammed a stick at the glass. I know Shen did, but I remember Bennington was down there yelling at the refs too and then – yeah left yeah the play happened at the far end from where my seats were my seats were behind the other goal so we didn't really see it first what was going on and then when we watched the replays up on the screen we saw that it was clearly a hand pass um but yeah i mean i feel for the san jose fans i understand san jose saying that's a that's a bush league not a bush league call but a ticky tack call because it is it is but yeah i'll, I'll just agree on that was, one Calls happen all the time. Yeah. So, I mean, in the face off events, unfortunately, it's in the rule book. And then that's what they called. And like you said, they had, yeah. to me, I said they had 15 minutes to like come back. Are you going to get pissed or whatever? And that's the Blues. Like I said, the Blues that one year, they got pissed. Maybe in yeah. years past, the Blues would have just like shrunk up. And that's, like I said, that's all part of that story in 2019. Agreed. Years past, did that happen? The Blues would have shrunk up and that would be the end of the series. Mm-hmm. 
and then they overcame it. Well, and that's part of the whole story of the Blues in 2019 winning the cup. So anyway, yep. so Blues play tonight against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. But Bennington is a net. We just got the alert that Robert Thomas has been activated from the IR, but the, the very, uh, the, the wording was is eligible to play tonight. So they're not letting on if he is going to play or not, but he's at least activated just in case he is ready. So there's a chance you might see him. And I think he'll go in for Dakota Joshua or uh, Jacob De La Rose, depending on how they want so. to. Yeah. So it's one of those two, because Joshua is centering the third line at this time. Yeah. So do you push them down? Do you leave De La Rose in? I don't know. So, Look, and I would say that this is a game that I mean they're all games that the Blues need to win, yeah. But uh, I would say that this is a you know a, a very 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 important game. You're playing the team that's in first place, but everybody above you and immediately behind you is playing tonight as well. So you have the ability to make up room on Vegas, Colorado, and Minnesota, and also hold off LA because you, you know you go down the uh, the schedule and right now the wild are already losing in the second to the ducks one to nothing which helps us mm-hmm. but you've got Colorado playing in Arizona you would suspect Colorado wins that game and then you've got the Kings uh, playing the sharks and yeah. the Kings have been streaky but on the hot side of streaky lately and they're only what four points behind St. Louis five. Yeah. Let me see. I'll pull up the uh, stats in a second here. Give me two seconds. But yeah, they're real close behind the Blues. And then, the, but the point Five where the, but the same amount of games. So that that's the good thing that they're right. You know, technically LA, yeah, LA is one less game than us and five points behind. Right. Uh, Minnesota so, has a, Minnesota has the same amount of points as us, but they have uh, two less games played. So that's why so they're you higher. Have than the us. ability tonight, if the Ducks hold on and beat the Wild, you have the ability to move back into third. Obviously, still with Minnesota having games in hand, but it gets you off of that borderline, which I don't care what athletes say. You're a little more comfortable when you're not the last team qualifying. Yeah, if you can somehow get – and then Colorado, let's say Colorado has 40 points. We have 37. I mean, they have two less games. Let's just say – either Colorado has been kind of streaky as well. When they score a bunch of goals, they score a bunch of goals. They beat the Jesus out of Minnesota tonight six to nothing. Yeah. But then they have other games where they've been losing. So it's just kind of right. like, depending on if group hours been playing right well, way, so it depends. Yeah, I mean, if, if all the chips fall the right way, you have the potential today to move into third place, one point back from second, and four points out of first. Yeah, so it's interesting That's to see what happens. Right yeah, I mean, Minnesota's been playing extremely well and surprising everybody. So if Minnesota's able to continue their hot play and somebody else you got to contend with, you might finish in fourth. Or, you know, maybe out of it if L.A. heats up. Uh, it I think... still amazes me that we're this far into the season. We've played all of our games against San Jose, and we haven't played the Minnesota Wild once. Yeah, we're playing a lot of Minnesota coming up, a lot of Colorado. So you're playing all the teams in front of you starting. So, like, every game is going to be a playoff game, and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun hockey. Like, like, I just hope the Blues can be healthy. Colton Preco skating, I think that's going to be helpful getting him back and Get, I want him to come back, but I want to be like 100%. If he's like remotely hurt, part of me is like, just shut him down. Agreed. And we just, have too much depth on that position. We don't need to rush him back. It's like let uh, Mikolo come in. Wallman's come in and play pretty well, I think. We didn't really mm-hmm. talk about that yet, but Jake, uh, Jake Wallman, who's been a guy who I kind of was going to be the forgotten guy who was supposed to be a guy that come in and play deep play in defense and – he was basically Vince Dunn before Vince Dunn. And then Vince Dunn came along and basically took his spot. And Wallman's just been in the minors. And Wallman's yeah. come in and he's a fantastic skater. He's played pretty decent defense so far. And guess what? He's coming for two games and the Blues have won two games. So nothing against Mikola. Maybe it's just a tie. The, the Blues just need a different type of defenseman back there compared to Mikola, who's kind of a, you know, a bigger guy, a shot blocker, and not, not super physical, but a little bit, but needs to be more physical, I think. And that's the message coming to him. I think he needs to be more physical. Sammy Blay needs to be play more physical or with more emotion, according to Craig Brube. So we'll see how the Blues do tonight. But we'll get into one last thing before we get out of here and uh, for tonight's game. We'll talk about Blues prospects. So the one we want to highlight is Colton Ellis, who recently signed his entry-level deal with the Blues. So he signed his entry-level deal with the Blues and has gone to have a fantastic season with Charlotte with the uh, Charlottetown Islanders in the queue uh, this year. 
QMJHL, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. There we go. So 20 games played, Chris. So how many wins does he have out of 20? Because I know you don't have the stat in front of you. I'm going to say three. A combination of three and five. That's so that'd be eight and uh, incorrect. So he's nineteen and one out of twenty. That's better. A lot better. And he has a he just got his league record seventh shutout uh, and eighteenth overall in, for his career in the queue. And that is a record for the queue. Eighteen shutouts. He has a one point eight zero goals against this year. That's ridiculous. Um, um, so he's one of the guys is, that the blues have been that a lot of blues fans are talking up like, Oh, he's going to be the guy that we shouldn't block. If Bennington shouldn't block, it's like, it's the cue. Uh, I'll pump my brakes. I want to see how he does in the AHL. Agreed. If he does very well in the AHL, I'll be a lot, I'll be a lot happier. And yep. he come, then he comes up here and does pretty good in a backup duty. I'll be very excited. But until then I've seen guys like draft and get very excited. Guys like Merrick Schwartz. Who mm-hmm. the Blues drafted in the first round in the top in the top twenty, I believe seventeenth overall, and never made it past AHL and went back to his homeland. Never made it to age. And maybe he made a had a cup of coffee up here, and that's it. Ty Ratty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, goalie wise, I mean, you really haven't had any guys. I mean, Ben Bishop is and Jake Allen are your last two that probably has been your best two that you developed. And unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, you developed them at this. Unfortunately, you developed them at the same time. Right. Right. I mean, unfortunately, you couldn't space it out by a couple of years. <laughs> Have Bishop already, you know. Sadly, no. And unfortunately, at the time, you had two yeah, guys going really well. I mean, and you had Brian Elliott, Yaro Halak. Uh, and won the Jennings Trophy. Yeah, so it's kind of hard to like when you have – at that, that time, you had a wealth of goaltending. And yeah. it's one of those things where they traded uh, Bennington up to the Senators, and the Senators moved him over to Tampa. And obviously, he did very well in Tampa and has done very well in – uh, nearly won them a cup before they won last year, but nearly won a cup. And if he didn't like completely mess up his uh, groin that year, I think they might have won a cup because he was just playing super injured and he was still playing very well and he was hanging on by a thread. But against, uh, uh, against an extremely good Chicago team, yeah, and he then they almost won that thing. So yeah. that just tells you how good he is. And he he really hasn't been super the same since then. He's been really he's been pretty good, but like lights he's out. Yeah. I so, mean, you saw it in the Dallas series against the Blues in 19. You know, he was he was really he was good. Shaking. And then when he got hurt in game six, you know, he was he was not. I mean, again, it's hard to say he wasn't ready to go because he took the team to double overtime in game seven. But, you know, he tried to hang on in that game six. And what they scored again on their next shot against them? Yeah, on the partial breakaway, Blaze scored. <laughs> yeah, and then they pulled him. Yeah, because he wasn't right for that. So it's one of those things where Blues had, unfortunately, developed guys just at the same time. Like him and Allen were neck and neck at the time because you just didn't know. I mean, obviously, if you look back in hindsight, it's twenty twenty. You probably would have wanted to keep Bishop over Allen. Just nothing against Jake Allen, but obviously Ben Bishop, I Great. think, has been a better starting goaltender overall. I think if you look at look at it that way i think yeah. i think jake allen I is a very think, i think jerry jake allen's a very good platoon guy who could I be a starter for an extended period had, of time i think the other problem you had with ben bishop though was that you had halak and elliot who had just won the jennings and bishop even if we had moved allen to keep bishop bishop was ready for the nhl yeah i think he was out I, of, I think he was out of options at the time too and the blues had to sign him to a one-way deal Yes. That was part of it too, I think. So, and, and Allen had more options to stay in the minors, so I think it's part Correct. of it too. Correct. So it was a, like I said, interesting time. But hopefully, the Blues are getting close to that time where they have uh, a wealth of goaltending again, where they got to make hard decisions. So I'll take a wealth of ver- a lot of good goaltenders that you got to make a hard decision on, and you know maybe get some guys to fill in other positions that are not as good. So maybe your center depth. Agreed. You can trade some guys around. Who knows? So that might happen in the future. We'll see how all these guys pan out. So before we get out of here, uh, we're going to let you know about one of the sponsors, uh, DraftKings, uh, part of our uh, hockey podcast network. If you use the code THPN, you can get started today with your DraftKings account and do, yeah, they have any, anything you think of NHL, NBA, NBA starting to gear up towards the playoffs as well. And baseball is getting started up. So go ahead and, 
get DraftKings today. Use the code THPN to get started today. So bring it close to. Uh, so before I wrap everything up today, there's one delay thing that we forgot to talk about that just got announced today. We we're talking about. So the Blues were hoping to have fans in the stands, you know, at a more, you know, obviously more than what has been going on. I think they're up to about 3,200 right now. Yep. Um, I saw the Rangers are accepting people, and the only way you can get in now is you have to have your vaccine card to get in starting April 1st. I think, I think gonna... you're going to see a lot more of that around the country in a lot of things. I think you're going to see that with sporting events. You're going to see it with concerts. concerts yep. Any type of big Indoor. social gathering, yeah. I think you're going to see that. And it's going to cause a lot of problems because you're going to have the people – that say that it's discriminatory and it, it goes against your constitutional right and blah, 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 blah. I'm all for it. If you're going to open things up to full capacity, I think you have to have some sort of proof that you're not going to get 18,000 other people potentially sick with something that could kill them. Yeah. Just to be safe. And That's all. Mom, just be safe, the, man. the lethality of this virus or whatever, but I'm sorry. I, I am all for this. I think if we're going to get back to normal and open things up, I think there has to be some sort of way to prove that you've taken whatever safeguards there are in place to ensure that you and the people around you aren't going to get sick. Yeah. So it'd be really good for uh, NHL to do that. So it'd be nice to have all the fans in the stands. And I think uh, there's two, two things I noticed. And I both like one's a hall of fame thing, which I love briefly bring up because that's just what we do. So I noticed, for example, WWE today, they kind of revamp their, their hall of fame. So the mm. big one was Batista. That was like the big one. So they took him off. Basically you're not in the hall of fame anymore, at least this year or maybe next year. Cause they want fans to be in the stands for him to be inducted basically. Sure. So the other one that we're going to talk about that's more blues related is Chris Pronger. It was announced last year during a panel with Al McKinnis and Al McKinnis led Chris Pronger know that his number 44 is finally going to be retired would have been this year for well-deserved too. Yes. Which we talked about for years. A lot of fans said that should have been even, he was the- yeah, he was supposed to be a, you know, and it wasn't for, it wasn't for the ownership change. He probably would have retired a blue. Honestly. Oh, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, but his number is going to go up in the rafters. So the thing that they decided to do today is they're going to delay it till next year. So it'll be the 20, the 2021-2022 season. So, um, which I think is a good idea. I think it's I think it's I one of those things that I it's definitely a. I've been to two. I've been well. Technically, we've been to the last. You gonna say three banner? I have not. I did not go to the, the Bob Player one. So I've been to. I did, and it was like, yeah, you composed. You had to compose yourself. Cry when you were there. You have no soul. Yeah, because when they brought his brother's banner down at the oh, same time, God. and then yeah, and then brought it back up. Yeah. Oh. Tear your heart out. Yeah, so I was there for the Brett Hall and the uh, Al McKennis one. I worked at for the Blues during the Al McKennis one, and then I was there for the Brett Hall one. And that's when they played Detroit, and they both got spanked both those games, like mm-hmm. five to nothing or five to one. I think one of the games was they just looked, they just got destroyed. So and Did then they obviously Bob Plager night. I don't remember. I had to look that up. Mm. I was we'll say, it up. If that's the case because they got they lost on Stanley Cup night too. They don't yeah. have a good record when they raise banners. Yeah, so and they obviously Stanley Cup banner. I was there for that too. So it's one of those awesome things to see live. So I think that's why they're going to delay it. I think it's the right call. I do too. Um, he deserves it. I think he's one of those Blues that kind of brought the Blues back to the forefront. I think do you they think had. He's the next statue. If I had to pick right now, it would have been Petro if he stayed. But if I had to pick, if they were going, to, if they said like, "Hey, we're going to put a statue out, vote for who you want out front," I think he would win. I think Petro will have a statue at some point, and it's going to be him with the cup over his head. Um, but I think it's going to be after he's retired, a while way after retired. Yeah, um, I would say your next your next statue has got to be either Chris Pronger or just from a St. Louis centric uh, thought process, Pavel Dimitra. That wouldn't be a um, bad idea either. But I yeah. think that I wouldn't be the, surprised if Petro, for some reason, let's just say there's like politicking or behind the scenes stuff that he doesn't get it or whatever. It wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Bennington now doesn't get it. I think he could get one. I mean, look, depending on what goes the next couple of years, six years. Yeah, it's hard to say when you're in year three of a pro of a, of a pro deal or a pro career, but 
he's certainly tracking to be a great goaltender and a Hall of Famer. But I think that obviously with what he did in his career, both in and away from St. Louis, Pronger's probably the next guy. Um, and then, you know, maybe, maybe Demetra. Yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, I mean, if you're going to pick pick one, my next one, if I had to, like, say the next one, it would have to be Pronger, if not Petro, because I think it's – they don't really throw those statues out there that often. So, I no, mean, the Petro no. one might be down the line, honestly. I think you need to be a transcendent player to have a statue. And he's the first captain to ever hold the Stanley Cup. So, that's yes. – to me, that's that's transcending. So, if I, let's, I just say, let's just say – Let's say and Bennington goes on and wins. He's a Hall of Famer too. True. Let's just say Bennington goes on and let's say we get another cup and he gets a con Smythe. Man, that's yeah. Yeah. If he gets another cup, he's he, he gets one for yeah. sure. Yeah. So let's see what happens there. So yeah, I wanted to mention that real quick. So they're undelayed there till next year. I think that's well warranted, and it'd be nice to get fans back in the stands for that. So if you get a hold of us on Twitter, it's at blues hockey NHL. I'm at Hossapalooza. And then find us on Facebook and Instagram. It's Blues Hockey Podcast on both of those. And also our website, blueshockeypodcast.net and .com. Look for uh, all of our stuff there. You can find every single podcast we have there. Links to the Hockey Podcast Network. Links to uh, some friends of the show, our merchandise. Um, Right now, the koozie cups that we have for the giveaway, which I'm going to do right now, um, not have any plans to uh, kind of produce those, mass produce those. Uh, we'll probably use them for giveaways, so stay tuned. We have a bunch of different kinds, so we just yep. put one out there for now. Uh, so we'll have two more different kinds to give away eventually down the line. So Chris has seen Jason this. got me a retro jersey one, and it is sharp. Yeah, so um, we got some really cool ones, and we got another one out there that we'll reveal at another time. So uh, stay tuned for those. But before we get out of here, We'll mention the Hockey Podcast Network and at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. Go there. You can find a bunch of awesome podcasts for a bunch of different teams, including another Blues one for uh, the Blue Notes podcast. Check those guys out. Uh, hoping to be on uh, their podcast really soon. And uh, you to do some collaboration there. So we really like uh, those guys and what they do over there. So before my we... source, I haven't had a chance to listen yet, but my source is telling me they're a really good podcast. That's me. So uh so before we got out of here we had a, so we had across three social medias that we had this and i had this this deal i said hey if you get on on twitter i said 17 retweets and you had to do a follow like do all the good stuff uh, same with facebook and uh instagram so right now the only one that's met that threshold is twitter so i went ahead and did the quick randomizer on the uh, thing real quick before the podcast uh during the day when i was prepping for everything and we spit out a winner so uh, the winner is uh, Kristen, it's at Kristen underscore Lee, L-E-I-G-H. So we'll uh, be putting it out there on Twitter. So the heck, I'll go ahead and DM you and uh, slide into them DMs. Yes. And uh, ask uh, for your address, like a semi creepster, but, but it's for a contest. So make sure I preface that ahead of time. So thanks for uh, participating and retweeting and listening. So we'll uh, go ahead and get you your koozie out as soon as possible. So uh, we'll get out of here because I think we're going to get up to close to a game time here. So hopefully the yeah. Blues can oh, go ahead minutes. and uh, I, I really like the beat the would like to beat the Knights. We've only lost one time. That was the last time we played them in regulation ever. Yep, that was the first time. So let's get back on the winning side of things and uh, bring home a winner. So I hope the Knights don't wear those awful gold helmets tonight. Yeah, I'm not a fan of those. So those are trash. Uh, what about the their retro one? They're like the like reddish looking one. I like that better than their gold jersey. Their gold jersey looks awful. They're both trash. It reminds me of remember when Nashville had the like mustard yellow jersey? Not the not the one they currently wear. The old, old one. Yeah, those when, darker yellow. Yeah. Right. Back when Paul Korea was there. Back when he could skate and score. <laughs> it wasn't um, a soft bitch. Back before he was a soft bitch. Right. Um, <laughs> it reminds me a lot of those. <laughs> ridiculous so that's a story for a past podcast if you've been listening you know what that is so anyway uh we love you paul Curry, in case you're listening so anyway I, all right i actually i legitimately have a paul korea jersey in that closet 
Yeah, I know. So we just, just that story is great. So anyway, we'll wrap it up there and uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.